1: Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today.
0: Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
1: All this time, all this time you covered me.
2: Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside my co-host. Each, Come on, say each, each and, and every, every week. week. <laughs> Almost each and every week, except yeah. when he's traveling. He's a world traveler no, sometimes. I'm not traveling anymore. Man, he's the head pastor at Brookside Baptist Church and my friend, Pastor Ken Keltner. Pastor, you look good today. Well, Mike, you do too, so uh, man, look I, at, it's great day today. I, like, day see, to I like seeing the smile. I like yeah. seeing smiling, Kel- uh, Oh Well, I, I should that should be there, man. It is there. Hey, I'm excited about our special guest today. Former Auburn Tiger, former Miami Dolphin, and author. Mm. I, I, uh, Auburn Tiger, Miami Dolphin, and author. The name of the book, The Greatest Team, a playbook for champions. This man, let me give you a little insight. He played on the undefeated Miami Dolphin team, and his nickname, Captain Crunch. Not because he liked Captain Crunch, but man, <laughs> he hit people so hard they called him Captain Crunch. Nobody's ever called me that. I never hit anybody on the football field hard enough for them to call me Captain Crunch.
3: Well, that's because you were a shake-and-bake guy. I mean, yeah. A, oh,
2: yeah. yeah, that's me. I was shaking, but I just couldn't bake them, I'll tell you that right now. Hey, Mike Cullen, how are you today, sir? Thanks for joining us.
4: Oh, thank you, Mike. Uh, I'm doing
2: great. It's uh, good to speak with you and the pastor, and I've been looking forward to it. Well, we really appreciate it a lot. Hey, uh, let's start, if we can, Mike, with your background. You, you grew up in Hoover, uh, Alabama, played football, high school football um, in Alabama. Tell me about those days, Mike. Were those uh, those days that you look back fondly?
4: Oh, yes, most definitely Yeah. Uh football was a big part of my life and i guess it always has been i i actually started in uh, montgomery alabama uh in the first grade and played through the sixth grade and then and we moved our family moved to birmingham and um i, I walked, went on the uh, the field for maybe three days and then uh quit playing my seventh uh, grade year i just uh, was trying to adapt to the whole situation, and football didn't need to get in the way of studies and other, other things. So, but uh, then I uh, moved up to, as you said, Hoover. It was called Berry High School in those days, and, um, and so we uh, got uh, started there in the ninth grade and had uh, a real fun career in high school. It was a new program and new coaches that uh, were just terrific uh, players, coaches, and uh, really cared for their kids, uh, so uh, it was a great experience for me. And then after that, I had the opportunity to go to Auburn.
2: Hey, Mike! A number of years ago, they did a um, they did kind of a reality TV show about high school football at Hoover. Did you did you watch that at all?
4: You know, I, I, I may have, uh, but I can't recall it. But I've, I, I am aware of it, though. And uh, they they've got a terrific program there there's no doubt about it. it's one of the best
2: in the country yeah it is and and what happened after that was their coach uh that their coach was doing some stuff he shouldn't be doing i mean he had a whole right. he yeah. had a whole secret life but that that program i caught it one week and i couldn't i i didn't miss it after that and to just be i'm a high school basketball coach so to watch the the interaction of these families and i know look you're going to act differently if there's a camera on you uh, than you are, but but listening to their talk at the kitchen table was always very interesting to me, and mm-hmm. and it seemed like there were, there were times where the the mom was a little bit less engaged and and saying hey just relax it's just a game, and the dad was saying hey look you know this is life this is what life's about or it was reverse. And the tough part was when the mom was on the kid and the dad was on the kid saying, Hey, look, this is the biggest thing in your life. And, and trying to live their lives a little bit, you know, through their son's life. And I, I, I often wondered if they ever went back to that team and, and picked out, you know, 10 guys and said, let's let, let me tell you where they're at now. I'd sure like to know whatever happened to some of those guys.
4: Well, sure. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and, um, Uh, high school football is a is a big deal for a lot of families and and indeed uh i guess we back uh in the uh, early 60s you know we didn't know how big a deal it was was or was going to be in the future and but yet uh it was a great experience uh, for me and my teammates because again we had a startup program that uh had a lot of character in it and um and all, and uh, emphasis on team and not uh, about the individual. So uh, it, it uh, was a great way for me to get started with football.
3: Hey, Mike, uh, this is Pastor Ken. Uh, you went to Auburn. I mean, every school has, you know, those intense rivalries. Obviously, Auburn's is Alabama uh i mean those games back when you were in auburn i mean did you guys do well against them uh how, how did you how did you fare against alabama because you were probably going up against uh coach bear bryant back then in those days weren't you
4: oh yes yes he was uh he was their coach starting i think in uh 58 and uh had a great career there and and we uh uh had some tough games uh with Alabama, the fact they beat in those days, there was a freshman team, and they beat us there in Tuscaloosa, and then won the next two games. My sophomore and junior year, and then uh, our my senior year, we had uh, two great offensive players, uh, Pat Sullivan and Terry Beasley. Pat Sullivan ended up being a Heisman Trophy winner.
3: Yeah, I remember
4: uh, that. And and Terry Beasley was his great receiver, so they helped us. Uh, beat alabama uh my senior year uh more so than any auburn uh team has in terms of um, uh the the score and it was 49 to 26 we oh, won
3: boy you remember so, man, that one right, that's score? Right <laughs> that. that's good well we
4: yeah it, was, it got exciting i mean you know we felt like uh, we had a uh, a senior loaded team and uh with uh, pat and uh, terry as sophomores we had some uh great underclassman, and so it uh, it just worked out uh, great for us and um so it was a real thrill since uh, auburn hadn't won in a number of years
3: yeah who was coaching auburn at that time
4: Ralph shook okay and I don't know if you remember that name or not but he he finished uh his last season i think was 77 something like that but he had a uh, you know like a 30 25 30 year career there
2: Wow, and
4: and uh, won one national championship in '57, but was a was a great uh, head coach, and again he was a players' coach, and uh, really cared for his uh, players uh, for sure.
2: We are talking to former Auburn Tiger and Miami Dolphin, and and author uh, Mike Colen. You know, Pastor, he was named uh, the Miami Dolphins' top 100 players of all time. He was number 44. Well, wow. what what, a, what an accomplishment, big. Mike. When is, when you, when you a, think about these uh honor. think about the Miami Dolphins and, and think about them you know through the history of yeah. that organization and uh and Mike Cullen, our guest is 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 right up there and that's awesome. Hey Mike, uh, really quickly, did you enjoy now that you look back, did you enjoy your college years playing football more or the the years that you played for the Dolphins?
4: Well, they were um you know, that's a, that's a good question. I hadn't been asked that uh, too often, but uh, uh, Auburn was uh, was a great experience uh, for a lot of reasons, which I'm sure I'll share with you uh, earlier. But I mean, later on, I should say. And uh, but uh, the the experience in Miami was once in a lifetime type opportunity because. Uh, my, my uh, rookie season was Coach Don Shula's rookie season in Miami as well in 1970, and things turned started to turn around in a hurry that that had uh, a four-year franchise history, and I think their best win was four wins uh, in one season, so uh, Coach Shula turned things around to start off with, and uh first day of training camp, he had us all in a small room, kind of shoulder to shoulder, and came in, gave us no sort of greeting whatsoever, and wrote two words up on the board. And the two words were world champions, Mm -hmm. world champions. Mm -hmm. And uh, he realized if a group of guys were focused on the same common goal and same common objective, that they could accomplish great things. And so we started out with four day practices <laughs> from, oh, uh, from, from six 30 in the morning to literally 11 o'clock at night is what we concluded and uh for about uh, five weeks so he wanted to make sure that we had a good foundation which indeed we did and um and so our i, I think that first uh, season we had maybe uh 10 wins and then um the next three we were in the super bowl and uh, had a perfect season and and um, and had two world championships, so it was uh, you know it was really for me a once in a lifetime experience. It was for all all of my other teammates, so uh, it's you know it's uh, pretty special uh, memories when we uh, get together and uh, enjoy fellowship with each other to this day.
3: Yeah, hey Mike, I got to ask you this question: from six thirty a.m. to eleven at night, I'm. I know you guys were in great shape, but, I mean, you had to be somewhat pretty sore, weren't you?
4: Oh, yeah. Well, sure, that's, <laughs> sure. that's, what, that's what professional football is. Yeah, so, uh, so
3: you so you start off sore, and you're sore all through the season.
4: Well, not necessarily. I think you get uh, after the first week or, or two um, of practice, and, and the veterans were on strike that uh, year. And they missed the so they missed the first two weeks. We were one deep in every position as rookies, but yet it gave uh, Coach Bill Arnsvarger, our defensive coordinator, who's one of the greatest uh, in the history of the league, uh, gave him an opportunity to look at uh, some of us rookies a, a lot more than he would normally do in a in a regular uh, start of a professional football team. So we, in fact, we had. We had uh, five rookies that started that year and started all the way through um, our championship years.
3: Were you, were you an outside linebacker?
4: I was the first couple of uh, years, and then um, then Coach Arnsberger uh, implemented a, um, a defense called the 53 defense. It was named after Bob Matheson, who was uh, number 53, a very versatile linebacker. He was... He was before his uh, time, really. He was like uh, 6'4", 235, and ran the 40 and 4'6". Uh, uh, so he was a phenomenal athlete, and he would uh, oftentimes either be a dif- defensive end or a linebacker. And he was labeled as a linebacker, but um, occasionally he would uh, rush the passer as well as a, de- like a defensive end. So it was a defense that kept... Um, uh, after you know kept basically our uh, opponents quite confused uh for uh for two or three years there in terms of just really understanding what the what the defense was all about because coach Barter was a defensive genius i mean he he was not only a great coach but uh in in terms of the personnel but he was just uh, he was a genius and put this thing together. And, and uh, a lot of teams were good, uh, confused quite a bit as a result of it.
2: That's awesome. He is Mike Cullen. Before we get to a break, you talk about being sore. I, I asked Gary Ellerson, who played for the the, uh, the Wisconsin Badgers, Green Bay Packers, Detroit Lions. He, is, uh, he, he works here at Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I asked him as a running back what it was like uh, on Monday after a a game and he said you really want to know i said yeah he said put on a football uniform put your helmet on go in the alley and run into your garage door 25 times as hard as you can and then and then get up on monday and tell me how you're feeling he said because that's that's what that's what it feels like he said monday he said i'd get up on monday and i'd say i can't do this anymore And then Tuesday, I'd start feeling a little bit better. And by Wednesday, you know, I'm ready to go. He said Monday and Tuesday were hard, man; (laughs) They were hard. Guys, we have got to get to a break. Other side of the break. We'll continue our conversation. Again, Mike Cullen, former Auburn Tiger, Miami Dolphin, and author of a book. And we'll talk about this book later in, in the show, The Greatest Team, A Playbook for Champions. You can go to alabamabooksmith.com to pick that book up. Again, alabamabooksmith.com. The name of the book, The Greatest Team A Playbook of Champions. And Mike Cullen will continue to be our guest throughout the entire show. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: More now of Faith in the Zone. Discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
1: All this time, all this time, you covered me.
2: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio, 105.7 FM, The Fan. Thanks for joining us. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner. He is the head pastor at Brookside Baptist Church. If you listen to the show, you want to come listen to pastors uh, preach, you come sit by me. Yeah. Brookside Baptist, I go to the early service. I sit far <laughs> back on the right side. Just because I'm there with my mother-in-law and she has a hard time walking. <laughs> Oh, okay. No, right. she doesn't. It's she doesn't have a hard time. Phyllis is uh, is phenomenal. I pick her up every Sunday. We have great conversation. In fact, she's probably listening right now. And she she told me she she really wants to listen to the program. She yeah. does. She does. And we sit in the back because the music is a little bit loud for for Phyllis, and uh, I, I just appreciate her interest in this program. Yeah, She thinks that you and I together are funny. <laughs> I told her it's me. It's, I carry Patrick. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. back hurts at the end of these shows. Yeah, yeah Mike, Mike,
3: that's that's his pain after this the, the uh, program. He's saying, uh, man, my back hurts. My uh, shoulder, I've been carrying you like crazy, Ken. It's kind of like I played, hey,
2: Mike It's like I played in an NFL football game. That's what I think it must be like. <laughs> we are talking to Mike He He's a former Auburn Tiger, Miami Dolphin, again, he is an author, the greatest team of playbook for champions. Mike, before we get into your testimony, so there was a play called it, they called it the Sea of Hands, and uh, Kenny Stabler, he uh, threw a weak pass toward running back Clarence Davis in the end zone. Davis is surrounded by three Dolphins, including uh, Mike Colon. Mike got his hands in the ball, nearly knocked it away, but somehow... Davis amidst the sea of hands ended up with the ball and the touchdown, giving the Raiders a win and ending the, dyna- the dynasty that the Dolphins had. Mike, is that a play that that you you don't still remember that play? Do you? Well, uh, I don't reflect on it uh, very often. <laughs> Nor <laughs> I, should I you. A, but thank uh, goodness, the, yeah. hey, thank goodness for guys like me that can keep bringing it up again.
4: <laughs> there you go. Well, that's that's part of your job, Mike, you, know, you gotta, you gotta bring up a few, uh, interesting issues. I won't say controversial, but it, interesting. And indeed, uh, it was, it was one of the most, uh, it had to be the most frustrating, uh, play in, in my, uh, entire football career because we, we had things going so well. And, uh, but, uh, the, the Raiders were certainly ready to play. We, it was a even game, uh, you know that uh, that season it could have gone either way and we they had driven uh, down the field and i think they were on like the 10yard line or something like that and uh and I just i knew I uh, you know we had uh an outside linebacker Larry ball and myself that were supposed to take care of Clarence Davis inside or out and um and he just uh, made a great play and uh he had the leverage on the ball I mean I thought I was going to intercept it I, i'm I moved toward the ball, anticipating intercepting the thing, and then all of a sudden, uh, I felt him coming up my back, and and he just had the leverage on the ball, and it was uh, quite frustrating. But yet, you know, it uh, you know every every great uh, dynasty or uh, big win and uh, or victories in in, uh, in the NFL have to. You know, cease at some point in time. And, yeah, you bet. And indeed, that uh, you know, the players. I mean, the uh, the Raiders deserved it. Uh, Kenny Stabler was uh, always a sort of a hero of mine because even though he played at Alabama, he was a great uh, football player, and it was uh, it was really fun playing against him and uh, for several uh, years. And but they deserved it, and uh, unfortunately, it uh, knocked us out of the uh, uh, the opportunity for another Super Bowl. Uh, but yet, uh, you know, our three-year run and having a perfect season, I mean, uh, as you look back, you, you realize that uh, it was one, one of the greatest opportunities that anybody could ever experience in, in uh, professional football.
2: We are talking to former Miami Dolphins auburn tiger and author uh mike colin the name of the book that uh, he wrote the greatest team a playbook for champions pastor
3: yeah mike we'd love to just talk to folks too that we have on the program uh about how they came to know the lord and their journey of faith and uh love love to hear what what god did in your life there to to bring you to himself
4: well thank you uh i grew up in a baptist church uh uh pastor and um and i'd heard the gospel many many times uh uh, I know and but yet uh, I was you know through junior high school and high school uh, even though I was exposed to the fellowship of Christian athletes and meetings there I was living up to the philosophy of uh, the former philosophy of Burger King have it your own way <laughs> and, and and indeed that was what my life was all about just like so many other teenage lives are about and uh, it's all about you and and football and academics and You know the whole works, and uh, but yet, uh, uh, yet I knew that there was something missing in my life. And I, after signing with uh, Auburn, I started uh, started football there before school, obviously, and uh, and I was uh, I had some sort of injury. It just was uh, really uh, held me back. wasn't able to play. I felt like I was. I was a burden on the team and everything else, and uh, it just just a, a really a sort of a disheartening experience uh, that you don't anticipate uh, as soon as you start uh, collegiate football. But uh, but anyway, uh, so with that, and then a, a number of other things throughout the, my freshman year that uh, that kind of had me uh, misled and that type of thing, and. But yet, uh, in reality, God uh, knew what he was going to do uh, for me at some point in time uh, that year. And so my uh, latter part of my freshman year, I had, um, you know, I I attended several FCA meetings there. uh, But was invited to go see a film called The Restless Ones, produced by the Billy Graham Association. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, it was free to students, so I said, "Well, goodness, if it's free, I'm on. I'm on go." And I had a couple of friends and um, invite me. And that film uh, showed uh, or illustrated how uh, one group of uh, kids, uh, our age, basically in, in college, were it, it, we were experiencing frustration and. And fear and doubt and that type of thing. And uh, the bottom line is they were living for themselves instead of for God. And then the other side of the film was uh, a group of kids that uh, that had it uh, had life together simply because they had come to know Jesus Christ and in uh, personally. And, and you know, as a result of that, it uh, changed their life and it changed their perspective and attitude and everything yeah. else. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, that uh, communicated to me, it was like uh, phenomenal. I, I mean, even though I'd heard the gospel m- many times, Pastor, I don't, you know, God has his time in terms of bringing us to him, and indeed that was obviously my time. And and uh, so I, I walked back to uh, our dormitory. My roommate was home for the weekend. It was a starlit night, and I was, you know, thinking about all of my life and experience and what I just heard and the impact it could have on my life so I just simply uh uh walked back uh, to my room and and uh went inside and closed the door nobody was there but me and God and I knelt uh knelt at the foot of my bed and um you know you can't help but get a little emotional about it uh,
1: absolutely in,
4: in reality but uh you know I knelt at the foot of my bed and Prayed something like this, you know, God, please forgive me for going my own way and doing my own thing and and uh, forgive me for all my sin. And right now, the best I know how, I want to invite you to in, into my life to change my life, forgive me of my sin and make me the kind of person that you want me to be. And he did exactly what he said he'd do. Uh, in Revelation 3.20, when he Mm -hmm. says, Behold, I stand at the door of your life and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him and have fellowship with him and he with me. And that's exactly what I experienced that night, by Mm -hmm. the grace of God, and my life has been different ever since then.
3: Mm -hmm. Mike, uh, you know what? Someone told me once, if if the cross won't make make you cry, nothing will. That, that that's true <laughs> that, yeah that what jesus did on that cross amen for for each of us and for for the whole world and i mean you talk about crossing racial and societal barriers right. that's the cross and um mike what a what a wonderful uh testimony of of what what the lord did there in your life and uh, and so after you came to know the lord you're still playing football for auburn um uh, I mean, you you started growing. You 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 found some other believers there on the team that that really kind of helped you. Or F- FCA was a great help to you through that.
4: Well, FCA, what well, was, and uh, we had uh, uh, you know meetings on a on a uh, basically weekly basis, and uh, uh, we had uh, several older uh, players that were leaders there that. Uh, Really, uh, were a great blessing to us, and so that experience, you know, with experiencing fellowship with other Christian athletes was uh, was a blessing to me, and certainly um, was helpful for my growth spiritually. And then I also got involved in an organization called Campus Crusade for Christ, and um, and and. If, as you well know, a lot of your listeners probably know that organization well, and and um, and it really impacted my life uh, uh, also in regard to having fellowship with uh, committed Christians and and having Bible studies uh, such as that. So those two organizations, along with some uh, committed Christian friends, really helped me get off. Uh, you know, on the right foot in regard to my relationship with
2: Christ. Mm, We're talking to Mike Cullen, former Auburn Tiger and Miami Dolphin. Hey, Mike, real quick before we get to a break, and I ask a lot of athletes this, and I'm wondering um, what your thought is on it. Was it easier to walk worthy while you were in the locker room or outside of the locker room? Did you, do you know if inside the locker room, sometimes that's a difficult place to walk worthy? Because if there's not a lot of other Christians to, to, to keep you accountable, you know, that's a difficult place to be. Outside the locker room, uh, sometimes there's, a, especially on a college campus, a lot of temptation. So I'm wondering where it was easier for you to walk worthy as as a Christian in the locker room or outside of the locker room?
4: Well, that's a good question. I don't know if anybody's ever asked me that question. before. Hey,
3: hey, Mike. Mike's good at that. He asks great questions.
4: <laughs> well, hey, thanks. I, uh, I, I think uh, that's neat. Uh, well, I think it was probably um, more difficult for me to to walk worthy of the Lord outside of the locker room. And the reason I say that is because uh, you know there, everybody on our team at Auburn and with the Miami Dolphins certainly weren't Christians. But we had uh, a, a group, a nucleus of uh, uh, guys uh, at Auburn and at uh, Miami that uh, uh, were were committed Christians, and and to a certain extent, obviously, we we held each other accountable. That's awesome. uh, for for our for our Christian experience, uh, especially in in Miami, as a result of uh, of. Uh, you know our chapel service, and uh, I had my mentor was Norm Evans. I don't know mm. if y'all ever.
1: Oh, no, I remember. You, yeah. you, you,
4: you need to interview Norm Evans because he was uh, after his professional career. Uh, he uh, was like the president of. Um, uh, not let's see. Athletes and athletes and action. No, no, oh. it's pro pro athletes outreach. Oh, there you okay. go. Yeah, yeah, pro pro athletes out. He's he's president of that for thirty years, but more than. You know, from a personal standpoint, for me, he was my mentor in Miami for four or five years. We we lived in the same neighborhood. We'd we'd ride to uh, drive to uh, camp and practice and back. And so he his, he and his wife were very close uh, friends. Uh, my wife Nancy and I, and it uh, it made a huge difference in my life to have a big brother like that. That uh, I was accountable to that I loved and uh, and and uh, we had a great relationship and to this day we when we when we hang up the phone we we tell each other we love each other as a brother in Christ and um, and it's uh, it was just a great experience for me and in fact I met Norm at Fellowship for Christian Athletes conference uh, spring before our first training camp in 1970 uh, with Coach Shula and so since then we've been greatest of friends, and it uh, he's really obviously been a, a huge uh, blessing to my life.
2: Hey guys, we've got to get to our break. Uh, Pastor, you've heard me probably say this a lot. As a coach, I'll ask kids, what's the definition of team? And the definition is two or more horses pulling in a similar direction for a common goal. I've got a new definition of team. And I got this from uh, uh, from our wow. guest, Mike Cullen, with the, the book that he wrote, uh, The Greatest Team of Playbook for Champions. I'm gonna tell you what his definition of team is on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bayview Shade and Blind. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
1: All this time, all this time, all this time. you covered me.
2: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our guest for the entire hour, former Auburn Tiger and Miami Dolphin, and he's an author, Mike Colin. The name of his book, The Greatest Team, a playbook for champions. You know, Pastor, again, my definition of a team, two or more horses pulling in a similar direction for a common goal. And I utilize that a lot with basketball teams that I coach. But reading about this book, and again, you can go and, and pick it up, AlabamaBooksmith.com. Go to Alabama Booksmith. It's one word, AlabamaBooksmith.com to pick this book up. And the the word team uh, for Mike it goes like this trust, enthusiasm, attitude, and motivation. And I love that. You you I, I can see putting this up in the locker room. With letter T for trust, E for enthusiasm, attitude, motivation—a concept that that um, Mike I'm sure has shared a lot in his life—and want to talk to him a little bit about that. Mike, did you think what one day when you were you know in college and and, and early in your professional year uh, in football that you'd be an author? Was that something that, that you were striving for?
3: <laughs> no, not quite. No, I, I, I mean, I he st- uh,
2: you started laughing before Cap- you finished the hey, question. Captain Kent. Ca- <laughs> this book is written by Captain Crunch, man.
4: <laughs> well, no, I had no idea I'd be an author. And, and uh, you know, so it's been an interesting experience. and uh, uh, But yet it uh, has given me the opportunity to, to share uh, the acronym of uh, TEAM Trust, enthusiasm, attitude, and motivation—as uh, I've done speaking over over base, basically the last forty years—and um, my my—it's uh, interesting that my brother-in-law is the is a guy who shared the acronym with me. He thought of it first, and he was a consensus All-American from the Naval Academy, and he's in the College Football Hall of Fame, Chet Moler, and uh, from the Naval Academy, and he's. He's always uh, said, "Colin, you need to give me uh, a percentage of your honorarium." when you go talk about it. <laughs> you know, I said, well, you know, i hadn't done y- it. yet. I y- y- it. Y-
3: You said, "Trust me." Trust, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, get me, get me Chet's address. I'll send him a T-shirt from the radio station or something. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him we're even.
4: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we'll do that later. But uh, anyway, so it it uh, it has been been, you know, a great way to talk about uh, the intangibles of uh, a championship uh, life or the intangibles of a championship team. And um, because when you think about the importance of trust, I mean, I don't want to get into it. You guys, uh, you know, sh- ask whatever you want to. But, uh, you know, the important importance of trust is the foundation. Without trusting each other as, uh, uh, as a team member, I mean, you don't have a chance to experience any sort of championship endeavor uh, for certain, and um, and then you know ultimately uh, the 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 foundation of what it's all about is trust in the Lord with all your heart and mm-hmm. lean not upon own, your own understanding, and uh, so uh, it's that type of trust when when uh, you're involved in a team effort that can. Uh, make a huge difference in everybody's uh, performance and, and as well as their life.
3: Don't you see today, uh, Mike, uh, a de-emphasis, uh, even, even with the younger kids today, uh, you know, it's it's more look at me, you know, the individual right. instead of the team. I mean, ha- haven't you seen that just kind of go, you know, it seemed like it's getting, you know, bigger and bigger down that path?
4: Yeah, you know, you're, that's uh, so true, Pastor. It uh, and it really concerns uh, it certainly concerns you because uh, you realize that uh, that's not a fulfilled life, uh, uh, living for yourself and yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, exclusively, pretty much. And uh, it's just not a f- uh, fulfilled life. God meant for us to relate uh, and have fellowship uh, with uh, His creation the human being and um, and to have it, uh, uh, you know, as a result of our relationship with him is where the real fulfillment in life comes from. So, uh, you know, you just uh, really hate to, hate to see so many young people in our generation because indeed it is is—it's uh, not the team generation. It's the me generation.
3: Yeah, that's a good and, point. And mm-hmm.
4: with the, with the focus on the individual and, uh, and it's a, uh, you know, living a selfish life is uh, because I've tried to do it myself, uh, many times, uh, it's, uh, totally frustrating mm-hmm. and it, uh, you know, the end result is disharmony and, and, uh, frustration and fear and doubt and everything else. And so as a result of it, uh, uh you know, and experiencing it myself, I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with me. It's, uh, it's all about team with my family, with, uh, Business. Uh, the name of uh, my business uh, for a number of years was the Colon Team, and still is. And um, uh, so, uh-huh. team is a uh, pretty big deal around our house.
3: well, it's it's big at church too. We're, we're a team. Oh, it, you we're, we're, believe it. Yeah, we're a team moving forward with a, with a mission there to uh, accomplish for the Lord. And so, uh, but yet you still see, as far as in athletics, the teams that that win the championships are a team. I mean, right. you, you look at uh, the, the USA basketball going out and getting Coach Shashesky uh, to come in, and, and he created team. And uh, I mean, uh, you know, they—they they, have they even lost a game since since he came on board. Uh, uh, I don't think I don't know. so. I, I,
2: I think I could win with, I could be the coach. Maybe. He coached
3: my four boys, Mike. <laughs> <so> he- <laughs> I coached the
2: Keltner boys. Hey, Mike, I'll tell you, you know, when, uh, and I haven't told this in a while, and I know you hate this, but, but Mike, when, when I was coaching Pastor Ken's kids, do you know, we have three different relationships? And he is my mm-hmm. friend, he's my pastor. And he's a parent of some of the kids I'm coaching. So when (laughs) you walk up to me after the game, I'd have to quickly identify who I was talking to. Was I talking to my friend? Was I talking to my pastor? Or was I talking to a parent? Because trust me, I'm going to respond differently to a parent than I am to my pastor, (laughs) and I am to my friend. So he would ask me a question, and I'd have to say, "Who am I talking to right now?"
3: Well, he usually knew. He he would come up to me afterwards, and I remember one one game, Kevin, our second, scored thirty. Seven points, and Mike came up running at, right after the game. Goes, whatever you do, you don't say one negative thing <laughs> to your son, or I will be all over you. So Kevin came <laughs> out of the locker room, and I saw Mike. Wa- Mike was watching me like a hawk, and I said. <laughs> Kevin and I started pointing my index finger at him real hard and I said that was one of the best games I've ever seen you play so, and Mike thought I was chewing him out and yeah. here comes
2: Mike running across that gym floor and you know what this goes right back to the book cuz I needed to trust him you know what and I go. needed we need a team by the way and we're I a needed team. Pastor Ken to have enthusiasm I, he needed an attitude check sometimes and he needed right. some motivation see how we bring that right back to hey, this book and we're a team Mike we are a team cuz I do have a lot That's of great. trust in you. And that is great. I bring all the enthusiasm, <laughs> attitude, and motivation for the show, but you, you, we do trust each other. Hey, guys, let's uh-huh. get to a quick break. Again, the name of the book, The Greatest Team, a, uh, a playbook for champions. You can go to alabamabooksmith.com, and I'm going to ask Mike on the other side of the break his motivation for writing this book, and and it it is not all about football. This book is not all about football. There's some great life lessons in this book. And we'll talk to Mike Cullen, again, former Auburn Tiger and Miami Dolphin. Mike Colin on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Fellow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
1: All this time, all this time, you covered me.
2: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner, From Brookside Baptist Church, our guest, and man, he's been a really good guest. This has been a lot of fun for us. Former Auburn Tiger and Miami Dolphin and author, Mike Colon. Name of the book, The Greatest Team, a playbook for champions. Go to alabamabooksmith.com to pick this book up. Pastor, you wanted... uh, yeah, we yeah, got a short segment here, yeah, but yeah, I, I thought I, that was good. Yeah, I just, uh, Mike, you know,
3: you guys were undefeated for the season. only NFL team to ever do that. And, you know, when so like when the Patriots a few years ago went into the Super Bowl undefeated, thinking, hey, they win this game, and they, they looked like they were going to win the game. I mean, what, what kind of reactions, I mean, do you have with something like that, the other players that – that we're with you on the Dolphins because I know you guys will come back together to celebrate that, that season of being undefeated and, at and times.
2: And it always seems, don't, don't they always put, is it Dick Scott? Is that. They've always seemed to have a camera around him. That's just years ago, at least with New England. And they always wanted to know what he was feeling like. And he was like. I'm happy they lost <laughs> I want to be the only undefeated team and I like that the pure honesty man yeah. well, how are you feeling as, as pastor said uh, Mike how are you feeling during those times last year I thought possibly Carolina might do that with the, with that Auburn quarterback that they have All Right, but sure. but you know the New England Super Bowl are you happy when when perfection stays with Miami like that
4: well, I mean, if you put yourself in my position or any any of my teammates' position. Uh, obviously, you're going to be happy. It's not that you're, uh, you know, you're pulling against anybody. You're pulling for uh, uh, the uh, the Giants uh, against the Patriots. Uh, you know, a few years back, and uh, uh, at least that's my perspective. And I think it's a perspective of my team. Uh, it's because if uh, you're pulling for the team to win and they win you accomplish uh just as well as pulling you know uh against some uh, some team and it's just more p- p- positive way of looking at it i guess but
2: uh i'm sorry it was yeah, J- jake scott Did Oh, jake, say, uh, yeah jake scott yeah, you said Jake, yeah, you know, jake I said, Scott. said yeah, yeah jake, said jake scott.
4: is always uh has always uh said what uh you know, uh, what was on his mind and, and, uh, <laughs> didn't, back, didn't back away from anything. And you got to, you know, you got to love the guy for that. And when Dede, he was one of the most intense players I've ever, uh, been around, uh, in my total football career. And, uh, and of course he was a great player as well and a, and a great friend. So, uh, but he, uh, uh, he, he definitely, uh, told it like it, uh, like it is and from his perspective anyway
2: hey Mike I, I know we only have a couple minutes but I have to ask you uh, Nick Bonnicatti was he was he one of the hardest hitting linebackers you would ever been around
4: yeah he was and it was interesting in that he was just 511 215 as the middle linebacker uh, but he was uh, quick as a cat and uh, he would be at, be in the hole before the running back got there. Uh, to make the play, and um, but, he, but more than anything else, I mean, he was a great player. But he was the he was the leader of our team on the field. Uh, Nick Bonacani was uh, uh, he was just uh, a classic leader that uh, knew how to. Uh, he called the defenses uh, in coordinating with Coach Uh, uh He was uh, the nucleus of our enthusiasm. Uh, Of our trust, Uh, I mean, a great attitude, and he was motivated uh, because of his, not only because of uh, being, uh, you know, a great team, but also out of love and respect for your teammates, which is the greatest motivation in the world, is L-O-V-E yeah and uh so that's what we had with each other and it made a huge difference
3: well uh coach shula always just seemed to be just a gentleman uh there on the on the sideline i mean that's what you experienced with him i mean you know he could push you guys hard but just a just a players coach gentleman
4: oh yeah most definitely and uh one of the brightest coaches uh uh ever ever in the game and uh uh, obviously, you know he's still the winningest coach uh, in the history of the National Football League. So he knew how to do it. He was so detailed, so uh, uh, so per- personable with uh, the players and and uh, and all. You just uh, you, you know you you fought uh, the best you possibly could just for the sake of uh, of pleasing him, if nothing else, because uh, he was a great leader again and. And uh, and the the greatest reason that we experienced the uh, the championships that we did, and also the perfect season.
2: Well, Mike, we can't thank you enough uh, for the time that you've given us today. Hey, Mike, you you have uh, two kids. How many grandkids do you have? We've got five grandchildren. Man, that's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, yes, it is. You, 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 you <laughs> go you go out and throw the football
3: with some of them.
4: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah most definitely. I uh, I've got. Uh, uh a senior in high school now uh, my my grandson that uh is uh is playing football but he more than, more more important than that he's uh, uh he's applying for the naval academy wow hmm. and uh, That's awesome. so and it looks like it may have a good opportunity to be there but uh, Hey, anyway, it's been, been great being with you guys. Yeah,
2: hey, Mike, next time you're in the yard and you're playing catch and he makes a catch, just go up and tackle him and say, that's why they call me Captain Crunch right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you need to do. Remind those young lads that you still got a little something. <laughs> yeah. Old, yeah. School. old school, old school. It, it,
4: it is a little something.
2: Though. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you, yeah, that's when true. you get done, then go, you're going to have to go and put on some mm-hmm. Ben Gay or something, but I make guess. sure that they know that you yes, are still sir. Captain Crunch. I- crunch he is mike colin again former auburn tiger miami dolphin he's an author i would highly recommend this the greatest team a playbook for champions go to alabamabooksmith.com to pick that up pastor thank you so much it's uh yeah. it was
3: good to see you yeah and it was good to have you on mike we really yeah. enjoyed well, thank it you. Thank, thank you for your pastor. testimony that was a fen- i mean just just a moving testimony thank
2: you yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. amazing God, pastor that this like you said you know, the cross there, can, there. can bring guys like us and a guy they used to call Captain Crunch to tears. tears. So Absolutely. it's awesome. Again, he's Mike Colon, the greatest team, a playbook for champions. Alabamabooksmith.com. Go pick that up. Hey, Mike, thanks a lot. Have uh, have a great uh, day. Have a great week. And good luck to the Auburn Tigers this year. Yeah, well,
4: same to you guys. God bless you. All Thank right. you.
2: We'll see you. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
1: Was it really amazing grace Now I know For certain Lord, it was you that rescued me Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it.